0: Hey, welcome to PT Snacks podcast. This is Casey, and if you're tuning in for the very first time, basically what you need to know about this podcast is that it's meant for physical therapists and physical therapist students who are looking to basically grow/slash review your foundations, but also do it with concise segments of time so that you've still got time to do whatever else it is that you need to do in your daily life. All right, so in this episode, basically we're talking about the rear foot. So We're going to talk about some of the joints in the area that make this up, some fractures that you can see that go wrong, and then how do you know whether someone has a fracture or not without just looking at an x-ray? So when we talk about the ankle, what I'm talking about is the rear foot or the ankle joint complex. Our foot and ankle complex is so important for being able to not only to adapt to where we're walking but also to be able to absorb the shock of the ground reaction forces from the surface we're walking on and to be able to help us you know, push ourselves forward. When we're talking about the rear foot, I'm talking about two particular joints, talocrule and then the subtalar. So talar-cruel, think of it like a hinge. We are looking for the joint that's more so responsible for dorsiflexion and planar flexion. So the superior aspect of that is going to be made of the plafond of the tibia and then both malleoli aka the the medial and the lateral malleoli. So this actually makes up the ankle mortis, which is just a term in carpentry for how they make really sturdy connections between furniture. That's the superior aspect. Below it is the talus, and they're connected by the trochlear surface of the talus. So the talus is going to be wider anteriorly and narrow posteriorly which means that when you go into dorsiflexion, essentially what you need to know is that it's going to be a tighter fit because it's wider into that ankle mortise and then a little bit more open-packed when you go into plantar flexion. So something important to look at when you're considering, like, for example, closed-chain movements versus open-chain, or like, how should I assess this joint? What position would put the joint in a position that would allow me to do so more easily? Okay. Now, when we're talking about fractures in this area, aka the talocruel, we're looking at things that probably involve one or both of the malleoli. So these patients, it's going to be painful. They're going to have a lot of swelling. They can't really weight bear very well. So with this area, if it's a stable fracture, they're just going to cast them up for four to six weeks, slowly get them up and running from there. But if it's unstable... Why would you cast that in place, right? You wanna fix and restore the normal anatomy and then allow it to heal. So they're gonna need an open reduction and in internal fixation or an ORIF to restore the normal features and then allow that area to heal and integrate. Below that is the subtailer. Get it? Because sub means below, like a submarine, right? So subtalar is more so responsible for inversion and eversion. And that's made up of the talus to the calcaneus below and then the navicular anteriorly. So, and this is going to be important for those Ottawa ankle rules, right? You need to know where the navicular is to palpate it. Okay, so for the subtalar joint fractures, these are probably going to take more of a high energy injury, say that fast. So we're looking at things that are more of like a motor vehicle accident or some sort of fall from height. The downside of this is you're more at risk to develop avascular necrosis if the fracture is displaced because it has a tenuous blood supply. And if you remember from before, blood supply is pretty essential for wound healing. So if you don't remember this, go back to episode number three and episode number four. All right. So how are we doing on anatomy? We've got so far the tibia, the fibula. We talked about that with the talocrural being on the top. We talked about the rear foot, which is made of the talus and the calcaneus. There's also something called the midfoot, navicular and cuboid. And then we've got the forefoot, which is made up of three cuneiforms, five metatarsals, and 14 phalanges. So for the Ottawa ankle rolls, this is a pretty good measure, right? We've got sensitivity of 0.98 and specificity of 0.32. So it's got some pretty good sensitivity here. It's meant to see with patients who have an ankle or midfoot injury, who does not need an x-ray? So the rule goes like this. They must get an x-ray if, number one, they have an inability to bear weight on the affected ankle. Number two, bone tenderness along the posterior aspect of the distal six centimeters of either the medial or lateral malleolus. Number three, point tenderness at the proximal base of the fifth mitocarpal. And number four, point tenderness over the navicular bone. All right, so hopefully all of that makes sense. By now, you should know the basics about what make up the taylor curl joint, the subtalar joint, some examples of fractures in that area, and then also how to utilize the Ottawa ankle rolls. So that's it for today. If you guys have any questions at all, feel free to reach out at Snacks podcast at gmail.com or you can just find me on instagram it's snacks podcast you know the goal of this podcast is to be concise but also helpful to you so if there is a way that i can help let me know uh, if you haven't already go ahead and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything and then if you feel so inclined uh, go ahead and leave a review that really helps me out now otherwise thank you guys so much for tuning in and i hope you have a great one see you next time